Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the fourth episode of the Can of Leipzig podcast. My name is Kai, and I'm again flying solo this week. Tried to reach out to um, uh, potentially a Fortuna Dusseldorf fan to join me as a co-host for this episode, seeing as RB Leipzig play them this weekend, but had no such luck, so unfortunately, while we're waiting for Ethan to get back from Mexico in a couple of days, it is just me today. Uh, I'm joined by my good friend, a uh, whiskey and coke, a nice refreshing beverage towards the tail end of the summer, but I suppose we should just jump right into the action, seeing as this was a pretty darn busy week in terms of RB Leipzig's schedule. Of course, the season did start the Bundesliga season, that is, with a 4-1 defeat to Borussia Dortmund. I was actually, my podcast prediction was right up until the 91st minute when uh, Marco Royce scored to make it 4-1. I did, of course, predict a 3-1 loss for the Bulls on episode 3. So, <laughs> didn't get the prediction right, and the game didn't go the way we wanted. So, over 2 there, unfortunately. Um, we will talk briefly about that game, but I think the, the top-of-mind thing for for everybody in the RB Leipzig community has been the game that just wrapped up yesterday against Zoria Luhansk from Ukraine. Uh, again on episode 3, I mentioned that Zoria are a quite solid team and we definitely saw that in the second leg of the Europa League playoff. Um, we'll go on to talk about the interesting group stage draw in a couple of minutes, interesting to say the least. Um, <laughs> Twitter is a little bit ablaze with the reaction from that. But going into this game against Zoria, it looks like the Bulls were going to be fielding a full starting 11. They pretty much did from front to back. Um, and they came out of the blocks really well. They dominated. They took a 1-0 lead fairly early on in the game. But then right before halftime, things took a little bit of a hitch as Zoria kind of, not even against the run to play, but just kind of to the surprise almost of the RB Leipzig uh, team. They actually managed to grab a goal, and it went into halftime as 1-1 between the sides, which meant if the game had ended there, Zoria would have gone through because of the away goals rule, seeing as the first leg ended 0-0. Uh, and then all, less than 10 minutes, I believe, after the second half kicked off, Zoria struck again to make it 2-1 to the Ukrainians. And at that point, it looked like RB Leipzig were going out. They were really struggling to break down this, as I said, very solid uh, Zoria team, solid defensively and potent in attack, as we had seen up to that point. Um, and the game kind of progressed from there. 20 minutes went by, and it looked like RB weren't going to be able to get anything out of them. Uh, Timo Werner was denied a couple of times after he did technically score the opening goal, although it was really just a bit of a uh, misdirection, or a redirection, I should say, on a pretty damn good Cunha shot. Cunha looking really good going into this season so far. Um, but after that goal, Timo Werner denied quite a few times by the more than competent Zoria keeper. I think I mentioned in the last episode that they were going to potentially suffer by losing Lunin, the young Ukrainian goalkeeper who they lost to Real Madrid. Uh, you know, the goalkeeper they have now was more than competent in this game, denied Werner a fair few times, and denied uh, Augustin a few times as well, I believe it was. But it was Jean-Kevin Augustin who did pop up right, uh, right before the 80th minute, I believe it was the 7th. 76th or something of that effect um, and managed to bring it back to 2-2 but with that score Zoria were of course still going through given the away goal rule 
and then dramatically there was a little bit of a scuffle in the box the handball was eventually called penalty to RB Emil Forsberg in typical Forsberg fashion puts it away and that was that RB Leipzig go through 3-2 to the group stage of the Europa League it wasn't the prettiest but they did get the job done which for a while there it looks like they weren't going to be able to but yeah they did make it into the group stage of the Europa League setting themselves up for six games in the group stage leading up to the knockout stage where they will hopefully make a deep run again as they did last year before getting knocked out by Olympique de Marseille but the group stage has presented its own challenges as well as some uh, interesting matchups to say the least there's going to be a Red Bull Civil War which is a phrase that we've used a few times I believe the first time was before the Germany-Austria friendly, before the World Cup, um, where you had a couple of RB players going head-to-head -head in that game. You're certainly having a lot of Red Bull players go up against each other, but for different teams, Red Bull Salzburg and RB Leipzig drawn into the same group. If you ask Twitter, they're convinced that RB Salzburg, or I suppose they are technically Red Bull Salzburg, they don't have to use the uh, Rosenballsport in their name due to the... Uh, Austrian Bundesliga's ruling for that. Um, but Red Bull Salzburg, a lot of people think they're just going to throw the game and let Leipzig go through. I can assure you that is not the case. There are people at Red Bull Salzburg in the front office and in the playing staff and all of the, uh, these positions who directly influence the game, who really almost have it out for Leipzig because they're constantly taking their best players away, which of course it does look like Leipzig are going to be doing again this season. Haidara, perhaps the most prominent of those players, but we'll talk about that if it does does come to fruition. Uh, of course, the transfer window has closed by now and nothing has happened, so I guess we will have to see going into the January transfer window. And before we move on with the Europa League, just another little side note for the late transfer window. There was a couple sources who were actually saying that Leipzig put in a late uh, £25 million, pound, uh, that's Great British Pounds, of course, offer for Adamola Lukman, who was, of course, very good for the Bulls last season, and had that denied by Everton, so unfortunately he is not going to be making a return this season, at least. But getting back to the Europa League, they were, of course, also drawn against Celtic Glasgow, the Scottish powerhouses who have won the Scottish Premiership for as many years as I can remember, at least. And then finally, Rosenberg, who are from Norway, from Trondheim, to be more specific. So by the Europa League standards, there are really no weak teams there. Uh, three of the teams in that group are the champions from their respective leagues. I'll have to fact check that real quick, because I don't actually, I'm pretty sure Rosenberg are the Norwegian champions and I know for a fact that uh, Salzburg and Celtic are league champions, but yeah, three of the four clubs are league champions, uh, so they certainly know how to play. I really don't think there's an easy game in there for RB Leipzig, home or away. Of course, you probably want to be taking at least four points off of Rosenborg, probably the same for Celtic. I don't know. Like I was saying, there really are no easy games. Uh, I don't want to give too many predictions about this, though, because once Ethan is back in a couple of days' time, we're going to sit down and do a uh, a series of predictions just for the Europa League on Episode 5 of the pod. So I won't say too much, but I, I will definitely say this is going to be an exceptionally hard group for everybody involved. No team should look at this group and think they are assured automatic progression. Any team could top this group. Any team could bottom out on this group. That's really all there is to be said about the Europa League campaign so far though really dramatic scenes in Leipzig taking down Zoria and then a very interesting draw to say the least for the Champions League and a lot of big games to look forward to uh, in the coming months and weeks but looking back to the Bundesliga we should quickly go over Leipzig's 1-4 defeat against Borussia Dortmund away at the Signal Iduna Park 
the goals were scored by Jean Kevin Augustin in the first minute of the game. Things were looking really good for Leipzig there for a few minutes uh, until in the 21st, Mahmoud Dahoud turned in a header from a cross from Marcel Smeltzer, of all people. Uh, in the 21st, as I said. Uh, 20 minutes later, Marcel Sabitzer was unlucky to put the ball into his own net and own goal to give Dortmund the 2-1 lead. Things got worse from there three minutes later. Uh, I I tweeted about this. I think Galashi should have done better, but unfortunately, uh, Leipzig's goalkeeper Galashi uh, parried the ball with a reaction save, but unfortunately didn't get it out of the danger zone. And Axel Witzel, Dortmund's new signing, who looks to be set to light up the league, uh, turned in the ball with a bicycle kick. A very good finish to give Dortmund the 3-1 lead going into halftime. Things not looking good for Leipzig at that point, but it is worth saying uh, in the first and second half combined, so over the course of the entire game, uh, despite the scoreline after Marco Royce turned in the fourth goal in the 91st minute, uh, despite that, all of the stats really looked in favor of Leipzig. Despite the fact that they were away from home and despite the fact that they lost 4-1, there definitely are positives to take away from this this game. Uh, they had more shots, more shots on target, more possession, more passes. Their pass accuracy was higher. Uh, really, every single statistic went on their side except for the goals, and of course those are the most important statistics. But with that said, you can certainly draw on the other statistics and say, okay, at least there's a foundation here for success. Um, I think definitely the defensive line needs to get whipped into shape, especially after what we saw against Zoria. They need more grit, they need more determination, they need to be able to see out these results that they should be seeing out. You should not. There is no excuse to be conceding four goals against five shots on target. That's just, that's really, should not be happening. You can't put your goalkeeper in those situations where realis realistically all four of those goals, including the own goal really, uh, were breakdowns by the defense of line uh, despite the fact that Witzel's came off of a set piece, I believe it was. But in terms of attack, Leipzig did look lively, of course, taking the goal through JKA in the first minute. After that, of course, no goals, unfortunately, but they did have a hell of a lot of shots. Roman Berkey, in my opinion, was the man of the match. He had a, a fair few very good saves to deny Timo Werner late on in the game. Um, of course, at that point, the game was probably already gone, but despite that, there definitely are positives to take away from this game, but those that zero point mark after the first game is going to do nothing for Leipzig's confidence going into the second game of the season against Fortuna Düsseldorf. Now Fortuna, uh, unfortunately for them, did also did not start the season very well. They lost 2-1 to Augsburg at home in Düsseldorf, and in terms of statistics, they were, they were pretty outplayed, unfortunately. They had half as many shots as Augsburg. They did have a fair few shots on target given how many shots they had, eight shots and five on target. Um, but getting outplayed by Augsburg, who are by no means fantastic uh, at your home ground in the first game of the season, where you really need to be picking up points in front of your home fans, it does not bode well for Fortuna Düsseldorf. And going into the second game of the season where Leipzig are at home, I really unfortunately can't see Fortuna Düsseldorf getting a result, and I can see Leipzig running up the score here, uh, especially considering that a lot of their attacking players have been just inches away from scoring goals, especially Especially Timo Werner. Uh, I think if Werner starts, this game could realistically be 4-0, 5-0, 5-one, something of that effect. But I don't have a lot of faith, unfortunately, in Fortuna Düsseldorf's defensive line to keep out what is uh, just a couple of fine tunes away from becoming a very potent Rosenbosch Leipzig attack. 
So I guess since I am trying to do a prediction uh, in every game of the season, I was only one goal off in the first game. Uh, but for this game, I'm going to go for a 4-0 win for the Bulls. Emphatic result against Fortuna Dusseldorf. Uh, and they will pick up their first three points of the season in the second game of the season and get things back on track. I don't really want to talk your guys' ear off for too much at the end of the pod here, but if you wouldn't mind, we would certainly appreciate comments on our iTunes page. It uh, drives traffic to our podcast, and we would certainly appreciate it. Starting in the next episode when Ethan is back, we're going to start doing a feature where we take the best comment, whether it's the funniest or the nicest or even the most critical, but for a good reason, uh, we take that best comment and actually give them a shout out on the pod. We may work out some prizes going forward here, but as of now, we're just going to be doing little shout outs and something like that. But if you could, we would certainly appreciate comments on the iTunes paid for the podcast. But like I said, I don't really want to talk your ear off, so I hope you have enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back next week when Ethan is back to recap the game against Fortuna Düsseldorf and also look ahead to the game against Hanover, who have started quite well. They won their first game of the season and just picked up a nil-nil draw today against Dortmund. But that is a topic for the next podcast. Like I said, I hope you have enjoyed, and I'll see you next week.